everybody it's time for the in off the bench podcast i am daniel ball the keeper of the peace and i'm joined as always by my co-hosts my partners in crime my brothers from other mothers jim cross and randy jowers tonight is episode five guys titled a little salisbury steak and eggs coming at you because tonight we're gonna have christian salisbury the football star at west alabama and future nfl prospect but before christian joins us Dudes, fill me in on the weekend, man. Jim, how was it? Man, it was a good weekend. We spent a lot of time out back, had the fire pit going. We watched some LSU soccer, as you know. We had Grace McClellan on, but we got to watch them. These girls, Daniel, as a coach, I know how you are about building throughout a season. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. These girls, they had multiple times throughout the year, but they did not have a win. Well, Friday night, they got that first one in the SEC tournament when it mattered. Upset Alabama, Taylor Dubless. She scored two goals. She's going to be coming on the show uh, here in a few weeks, so that's pretty cool. And then Sunday, they'd win their second game, man, and they would beat Ole Miss and get a little redemption there. So and watch the games with my daughter. Obviously, you know how I like spending quality time with her, watching the soccer game, letting her learn. So that's a big deal. And then, of course, Sunday uh, afternoon, the Saints, even though we had an injury, a really big injury, we got it done. Alvin Kamara got those three touchdowns. And so, you know me, man, sports and family, it's a good weekend, brother. Very nice, very nice. Randy, what about you, man? For the first time in five weeks, Tennessee did not lose, boys. So, that's a good <laughs> thing. All right, so that was good. But uh, see, like that, that all right, like Jamie Pruitt. But um, man, my, mainly, most importantly, my five-year-old Stella, big gymnastics, nice and nice. She got the back handspring down, bro. We we moving on. She's following in big sister's footsteps, doing big things. Proud of her. Most of the time, you know how it is with five-year-olds. Most of the time, they're looking around, talking to their friends. But tonight, she was focused, game face on. She got it handled. Nice, nice. Well, for me, you know, down in Tampa, we been battling tropical storm. Uh, so last Thursday and Friday, we, you know, we were out of school, storm rolled through, uh, Saturday, kind of a dreary kind of day, but was able to get out, you know, and enjoy the weather afterwards. Sun came out. It was nice Sunday. Uh, you know, another good day, you know, there's always the thing with hurricanes and tropical storms and any kind of storm that rolls through, um, usually the day after is one of the best days on record. So another awesome day um, after the storms rolled through. Uh, we got some cooler weather coming in store uh, tonight, and this week should be great. Rolling into a, a, a holiday week of festivities next week, so I'm excited for that. Do those gators um, come creeping up on your house after those hurricanes? Man, there's believe it or not, there were gators just hanging out in the rain it was like right before the storm rolled through it's like they knew something was up there was a couple of them just chilling out there man so it's kind of interesting but 
You know, enough of our nonsense. Let's get to the biggest interview and podcast this week. Mr. Christian Salisbury. Christian, my man, how we doing tonight? We're doing great. Everything's working. Blessed to be here. Blessed to see you another day. Man, we are blessed to have you. Um, you know, and I, I just want to tell a story about you, you know, from start to finish or really not a finish yet, but start to where you're at currently, you know, and, you know, so take us back to where you're from. Tell our audience, you know, where are you from? Where, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up a little between Memphis. I started out at Memphis when my grandfather was alive. Uh, my parents weren't married yet, so I was, you know, juggling around, spending time with mom, dad, and my grandfather is usually the person I spent most of my time with because, you know, that was my guy, that was my rock, person I always could hang out with on weekends. Um, so basically I was in Memphis first. Now I live in South Haven with my, my mom, my dad, and the rest of my family. So what what was it like growing up? You said that you had, you know, a lot of stability with grandfather. You had mom and dad. They, you know, were getting married and doing all that while you were growing up. So did you have brothers and sisters? What were the family dynamics like growing up? Uh, I have two sisters, one older, one younger. Uh, my oldest one is, uh, her name's Candace Smith. She recently got married uh, two years ago. You know, she's, you know, got four kids. I got three nephews and uh, one niece. So, and my niece was recently born uh, not too long ago and love her to death. Cause you know, it's always, a, it's always good with the boys, but a girl will, will do it to you, no matter it's your daughter, your niece or anybody. But um, yeah, I have two sisters. I live with both of my parents, you know, they're great people. They took care of me, you know, they, they tried their best and they did the, they did the best job of making sure that I stay on the right track when it came to sports, academics, and just being a better person on and off the field. So you're, you're a middle child, right? Yes, sir. So one older sister, one younger sister, like, talk me through that. Uh, I know what it's like being the youngest, but I don't know what it's like being the middle kid. Like, are you the, the punching bag? Are you the referee? Are you the one that's just trying to find out where you fit in? No, not really. I feel like, to be honest, in my family, I, I grew up around a lot of women. So it's, it's not a lot of a men, you know, around me a lot of times. It's just me and my dad, really. So it, it was, it's kind of a adjustment because living with women, well, living with one probably is already hard anyway, but living with your mom and your two sisters and your grandmother is just like, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of women in the house. But I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those deals where it's like, I was kind of, I felt like I was more of the, the guy that everybody just came to talk to in the household, no matter if it was my mom telling me about her, her day at work or something frustrated or my sister just coming to me and just been to me or, you know, I was kind of the, the, the big rock, you know, for, for the women in our family. Cause I mean, we just, we don't hold anything back. We just talk about things and, and just get it out and we just have a good time. We just enjoy each other's company. So where was sports a big thing in your, in your family? Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, my, my dad was, he played all types of sports, football, baseball, basketball, my mom was a track athlete. My oldest sister, she did powerlifting, played basketball. My youngest sister, she played softball. So, I mean, we're, we're a big sports family. So it, it's, it's kind of like it's in our blood at this point. So was there a push to one sport or the other for you from dad, from mom, from grandpa, from grandma? Was, or were you able to kind of play whatever sports you wanted and whatever you were good at is what you chose? 
Yeah, basically, um, my mom and dad never just pushed me to to go one way or or do this or do that. It was more it was more the outside telling me you're good at baseball or you're good at football and you just need to kind of pick. But they told me whatever I wanted to do and whatever I feel like I you know was best for me that I needed to do. So I, I played football and baseball all the way up until my, my end of my high school career and. That's when I finally decided where I was like, I actually wanted to focus on football because I felt like that was my true love. Even though I started out with baseball first, I just felt like that was the right decision for me to do. So when you were playing football and baseball, what what positions and, and who were you playing for growing um, up? I did a lot of travel ball. I played competitive. Um, in baseball, I played uh, center field i mostly played my main position was mostly center field i played the whole outfield i played some second some short uh i pitched a little bit you know um which i played a little quarterback too so it kind of helps um in football i played running back did a little wildcat quarterback sometimes i played quarterback to throw the ball receiver kick return punt return um basketball i was a guard track i just basically ran the relays and, and that was about it so Daniel, when you look yeah, up, that's that's Taysom Hill. You're, yeah, that's what I say. Like when you look up versatility, you see a picture of Christian. I, I can tell he's played every position in multiple sports, and like, it's un- unbelievable to me. Like, like my hat is off to you because being that athletic and that good at those so many multiple positions, like that's that's amazing to me. So you know. Um, how how did that come about? Were you just so – were you the most athletic kid? Were you the most talented kid on these teams? Or you just worked really hard and you wanted to try everything? Um, I would say I just kind of worked hard. I feel like um, God gifted me with some abilities that not a lot of people have or, you know, just naturally born. <clears throat> um, I think – I got most of my work ethic was when uh, I remember I remember when I was little, it was uh, me and my dad and the rest of my family we were outside just playing and having family time. And I, I knew I was gifted a little bit with speed when um, I, I was like probably, I guess, maybe five, six, seven years old. And uh, my dad used to brag about how fast he was in high school and all that stuff. And I asked him, I asked to race him. In the middle of the street, I just didn't even care where it was. And we raced, and uh, I don't really remember who won or who lost, but I knew that day forward, I was like, I'm keeping up with an old man. I know I can keep up with some some people older than me, but it it more, more so just my work ethic came from I knew I wanted to be great. I knew I liked football. I knew I wanted to play football when I was a kid. Uh, I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos. Like most of the stuff that I knew how to do when I was young was from watching YouTube videos of, you know, Barry Sanders, um, Walter Payton. Um, I watched Tavon Austin a lot growing up when he was in high school, Stefan Diggs, a lot of those guys. So, I mean, I didn't really get the training that a lot of the guys get in Texas and Florida and, you know, all the, the big states where that get recruited. So um, I knew I had to do something, you know, I may not have all the resources, but I knew I had an opportunity just like everybody else just to get better. So I found ways to get better and try to stay in tip top shape every day. Well, I'm, I'm going to age us just a bit here. When we were growing up, which I mean, 
wasn't that long ago, but it was long enough to, to be able to say there were no YouTube videos that we could pull <laughs> up and watch of our favorite athletes and how yeah. they, we had to watch like sports center top tens or yeah. like the best of like list. It was, but we were watching Barry Sanders though. That was the thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Barry Sanders was a guy like he was on every highlight reel that you could imagine. The guy was always on. So, you know, when you talk about your family, you talk about how close knit you guys were, but also how athletic you were. Now this is a big question and I want you to be extremely honest here. And it's okay if you're not, but who is the most athletic person in your family? Without a doubt, it's me. <laughs> Without a doubt. That, that's a good, that, that's a great answer. And a lot of people will all, you know, we've had many guests on here who they don't ever say that. They're, they're very humble people. And I get, you know, I get the humble side of you, but I think it's also important to, to be real i mean and let people know if you're good at something you'd be like yeah i worked hard to be good at this so like i i can appreciate that yeah i don't worry about being humble my man so but anyways we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take it back to high school man tell everybody that doesn't know where did you go to high school uh i started out at south haven high school and i transferred my 10th grade year and went to north point the point and, uh, yes sir Russ, what's up, man? So, so the point, I know a little bit about it. Work with some guys. Uh, all his daughters actually went there or go there, so I know a little bit about it. So, But I know, but everybody that doesn't know, big school or small school? It's a small school. It's a, it's, you can see the same people every 20 seconds. That's how small it was. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So what sports did you play at the point? Oh, uh, football and baseball. That was it. And that's the only two sports I was still in love with and I really wanted to focus on because at that time, you know, I'm 10th grade leaving, going to a new school. It's time to focus on whatever you want to do and, and recruiting starts as soon as I got there. So I was just like, pick the two and roll with it. So knowing what I do know about the point, man, I know academically it's a little tough. So what kind of student were you? Oh, I, my student habits had to change when I went from a public school to a private school because for anybody out there listening, going from a public school to a private school is one of the hardest transitions I've ever done. Like, no matter if it was me trying to go play soccer or anything, like, the, a college preparatory school is preparing you for life. You know, it's, it's not about high school at that point. No, you, absolutely not. Can you get into, like, specifics? Because this is important because we, we have guys that are – I mean, the way I equate – your answer is we have guys that are fixing to jump into big time colleges and they're coming from a high school academic life to college academic life. And I could imagine like the, the change is pretty similar from what you experienced. So what are some specifics that you experienced going from a public high school to a private high school? Um, just, you know, study habits and uh, going from, you know, doing your homework in class in a public school and not having homework, you get home, you can just sit there, play the game, you know, whatever you want to do. But in a private school, it's, you got homework every night, you have, you know, maybe have a paper or a report to do. There wasn't a night that I could think of where I didn't have any homework and whether it was math, Bible class, anything like I had homework every night and just, you know, me going to college, I feel like, 
that school prepped me for the worst because I knew I already knew how to write papers. You know, I already knew how to cite things, quote them, all that stuff, like APA, all that MLA, all that stuff. So they prepared me for everything that I was supposed to see in college. And when I got to college, it was just like a cakewalk. I could really focus more on football than class, even though, you know, education is the most important thing on this planet because you need it. Um, I just knew I wouldn't have to stress about both. I could put more time into one thing and still get the job done in the classroom. Well, my next question was, was it hard to balance it all? But I don't have to ask that. I think you answered that. So I want to <laughs> sk skip on to my next one. And so did you know before you got to North Point that you could play collegiately or was it sometime at the point? Honestly, I didn't know, you know, what I could do. I just told myself I was going to play college football and whatever I had to do to get there, I was going to find a way because I knew my love for the game at a young age. And I knew, you know, the the adrenaline, the the excitement that it brings. It just, it, it feels different. When you love something and you appreciate something so much and, and so much joy comes out of it. And even just the bad, it, it teaches you a lot. You know, sports teach you a lot about life, you know, how to be, you know, a better person, a better man, a better woman. You know, you learn a lot of life things when it comes to sports and, and just carrying yourself the right way because you're not carrying, you know, it's, it's not about you. It's about something bigger than you. So, I mean, it was just, I don't know. I, I just knew I was determined to do something, you know, after college. I, I did not want to have to make my parents pay for college. And I knew I had a gift and I wasn't going to let it go to waste. So I just used it to the best of my ability. I'm going to have to make my kids listen to this episode because I don't want to pay for their college either. <laughs> but, so, uh, <laughs> you, you ain't lying. You ain't lying. So, talking about college, what was that recru recruiting process like? Because I don't know nothing about it. Oh, man, I, I could tell you right now, I was there was a lot of sleepless nights because, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't the top recruit in the country, but I was getting recruited by a lot of schools. I had, you know, Army, Navy, Air Force, Yale, Princeton, Harvard. I had walk-ons. I had, you know, I, Justin Fuente was like, he felt like a best friend to me. You know, I, Memphis was was all I was thinking about in high school. Like, I was like, Memphis just needs to offer me. I'm shutting down recruitment. I'm, I'm going. I'm not. You know, I wanted to stay home. Um, uh, so it was it was one of those deals where I was just like, um, I don't know. Uh, but it was it was days when I was at school where I, I didn't even go to class sometimes. Like, I was back to back to back talking to coaches. And I felt like my teachers were getting mad because, you know, school's already hard. So it's like I need to be in class and for the material and stuff. But for anybody that's in recruiting, take your time weigh everything out, ask any question that you can think of, big or small, because every question matters because recruiters are like used car salesmen. They will they will say anything and do anything to get you to commit. Don't accept anything, you know, that's illegal because all that stuff falls back on you. So just, you know, like I was told when I was growing up, treat the game right or to treat you right. So, I mean, recruiting process, like I said, just take your time and enjoy it. Take all of your visits, enjoy the trips, see new places, and just enjoy life with it. You know, don't let it stress you out. It's, it should be fun. Look, I, lo I love how you just went through that list, like Army, Navy, Yale, Harvard. Like, it was just, like, right off the tongue. I love that, man. That's a, so that's quite the list. So tell us, how you, how did you end up at Itawamba? Well, last question, I'm turning you over to Jim. Um, I ended up at Itawamba. I, they were, there were some guys, you know, it was, uh, Coach Woodle and uh, Coach Coleman. 
Um, recruiting didn't really start for me after I got my first offer from Army. And after that, they just started rolling in. So, you know, after one offer, everybody starts coming. They want to see who you are, what you're about. Um, I chose Itawamba because I wasn't really comfortable with the, the offers that I had. And I know this may sound like kind of greedy or anything, but at the time, I feel like I was a D1 athlete, but due to politics and, you know, a numbers game in football, it, it's kind of hard when you when you want to play somewhere, but you're trying to get somebody to like you. So I felt like it was best for me to go to Itawamba because I was already qualified. I had the ACT score. All I had to do was go there for a semester, do one year, and see what falls out on the table with offers. But I ended up staying an extra year and, you know, West Alabama just kind of came through and swooped me off my feet, and I just I fell in love when I went on a visit, though. So it was it was a great experience. Yeah, it sounds like based upon everything you're saying, you were betting on yourself, and the bet worked mm -hmm. out. And so yeah. I I like that because I mean you've displayed confidence throughout this episode, and you you knew, and I, and it sounds like you're a person of faith too. So you knew God had an ultimate plan, and so you know it's just gonna take a step. And so with that. Tell us about uh, junior college football. What's that like? Oh, it's a different type of football, guaranteed. Um, you're going against guys that have come from Power Five conferences. You're going against guys that you just came out of high school with. So it's a it's a pool of every division in junior college football, and it's it's not it's not easy at all. Like anybody that's ever been through JUCO would tell you, it's it's probably one of the hardest, but one of the best experience you will ever go through as an athlete because it teaches you how to appreciate the game just a little bit more because we're not D1 athletes. We don't get stipends. We don't get food, you know, catered to us all the time. And, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's just one of those deals where it was like Juco made you appreciate life, sports, family, everything in between. So. Yeah. That, uh, there's just, I think, uh, you know, conception that JUCO, like, you know, we've had some JUCO athletes on here and just like you went to Division One, And I think this idea that it's, you know, because it's, uh, you know, a lower steer, but instead of like calling it so much as a stepping stone, I feel like it's a building block, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you're ultimately, it's giving you a foundation to build on. Uh, have you ever seen Last Chance You? Oh, yes, sir. I saw myself on it. Oh, really? Yes, I was oh, okay. um I think not the first season, but the second season, um, when they played at Awamba, the score was like 42 to 44. I was a part of that game. I was a freshman. So, it was, and it was a close game. So, it was a it was a great experience being on Last Chance U and seeing my, you know, my 10 seconds of fame. And it was it was just fun to see myself on a, on a Netflix show. To be right. Exact. Well, for everybody listening, man, yeah, check it out. Our guest, Christian Salisbury, was on Last Chance U. I heard that. All right, so uh, how successful was Itawamba while you were there for a short period? Oh, we were we were very uh, successful. I think, you know, especially the offense, because that's where I played. You know, we had one of the top offenses in the country. Uh, shout out to my boy Dan. You know, he was the, you know, the gunslinger. He was getting everybody the ball. Offense, everybody was having touches, you know. And, you know, numbers speak, you know. So uh, having one of the best offenses in the country and rolling up, 42 points on East Mississippi is kind of hard to do in a close game. So, you know, East Mississippi is, the, I guess, the king of Juco, people say. But, man, we just went out there and competed every day. And we were guys that were hungry for something. You know, we wanted to prove ourselves. So, How, how many touchdowns – do you have some touchdowns in that 42 points? 
Man, I don't think I did, but I had some kick returns. I made a lot of people miss, and I probably was a probably 180 pounds soaking wet, so I wasn't trying to get hit by, you know, Ronald Ollie and Tim Barner and all those big guys. And so I was out there moving. I probably surprised myself. My adrenaline was going so fast, I probably could have ran 4-2 that night. <laughs> I heard that. All right, so what is the process? You did that year at Itawan, but what does that process look like as you're transitioning, you're, you're talking to four-year schools? What does that look like? Um, I would say it's harder. It was, it was a harder experience than it was in high school just because JUCO, you sign, you know, at the end of a term and maybe, like, I signed in December. So I didn't in, – in high school, you signed in the spring. So you get a whole – that whole year – at the football season, it was like, I graduated December. I'm not trying to wait a whole nother spring and get my offer. So it was stressful, um, you know, just especially guys coming up to see you. Like Purdue came to see me and watched me work out. They knew about me. And you're just hoping guys pull the trigger on you because, I mean, you're already behind the eight ball because you already used maybe one or two years of college eligibility at a junior college when a four-year program can go out and get a, a high school kid and get four or five years out of them you know, and invest the time in them. So it, it it's stressful because you got to deal with all these nicks and crannies because of where you went or how many years you got or how much clock you got left. So I think it, it kind of made me just realize to just take my time with it um, and just really make sure that this is where I want to spend my last two years at a program because, like people say, you don't get your, your college life back after it's over. And once it's gone, it's gone. So. I, it was it was hectic at first, but it was it was fun in the end. I, I was happy. Man, I tell you what, I'm impressed by the amount of wisdom you've displayed. You know, you talked about your family in the beginning. They apparently did a really good job raising you to uh, they did. really, yeah, really think stuff out, man, and plan. And I love that. And so, what I would want to know, we obviously know you chose West Alabama, but were there any other schools that you really, really were considering when it came down to it? Um, I at one point I was thinking about just saying go ahead and just walk on in Memphis and and pull an Anthony Miller move because you know he's from the area where I played in. Um, he went to Christian Brothers, and you know he he had an incredible story. He like you said he betted on himself. He chose to to go the route that he wanted to go without a scholarship and and earn it. You know, but I knew that I didn't want to make my my parents pay for school. You know, they spent so much money with travel ball and football and buying new cleats, buying all this. And once you think about it, travel ball isn't, you know, a cheap sport. You know, it's, it's one of those deals where you're paying a couple thousand dollars here and there and you never really know because you're a kid. But I knew I wanted to get a full scholarship. And on top of that, I worked hard in the classroom because I got an academic scholarship. So I was making sure my mom, my dad, and the rest of my family didn't have to come out of pocket for anything. I just wanted them to sit back watch me play my, my college ball and just enjoy their time while I'm enjoying mine. And you might be breaking uh, Daniel's heart over there. I know you see that Memphis flag behind him. Hearing your character, <laughs> your work ethic, your athleticism, he might have wished that he was watching you on Saturday. What do you think, Daniel? I would love nothing more than for <laughs> Christian to have been a Tiger. That would have been uh, I a highlight. I, I tell myself every day I should have did it, but, you know, I feel like God has a plan and – He's, I'm just going with the flow with it. I hear you. So, ultimately, what was – just give me the main thing. What was the main thing that made you choose West Alabama? Oh, the coaches most definitely. Um, 
the first coach I met was uh Deion Williams. He's a he's a younger guy. You know, he was basically like a a big brother slash mentor to me. He just basically was he was probably one of the the most realest coaches that I've ever talked to. He basically told us, you know, it's a small town, you know, but we're a football school. We have the resume to get you to the NFL because that's what my main goal was. That was my dream was to get to the NFL. That's that should be any football player's dream if you're playing football. It shouldn't be just to play, you know, because everybody should have a dream no matter what they're doing. Um, but, you know, he was just laying it out there for me. He didn't hold anything back. Whatever question I asked, he didn't hesitate. He didn't make it seem like he was, you know, lying about anything. And I, I kind of trusted him. And, you know, when they they drove down to saw my mom in Memphis, that's when I kind of knew that they kind of really were interested because, I mean, it's not too many times you see a head coach drive down you know, three and a half hours to your mom's job while she's at work to talk about, you know what I'm saying, her son. So it, it, it was kind of – it felt good to feel appreciated, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. This is the kind of thing, you know, when when Daniel writes up these questions that we're going to ask, you know, we don't know the answers we're going to get, but we like the detailed answers and the things that people may not know, something like that, your coach coming to visit you and your family and, you know, the way that they showed that they cared and that they really wanted you. That's the, that's the kind of things that we reach for when we ask these questions, because those are things that most people aren't going to know that, you know, when you're reading about you on the internet. So, man, that's, that's awesome stuff. And so let's add, let's, you know, let's talk about West Alabama. One of our favorite questions to ask is what was the first day like when you got there? Uh, I can't even lie. It was crazy. Cause I mean, it's not a big school, but you can get lost if you don't know where you're going. Like, I can remember I didn't even know where to go get my ID card at, and they had just told me like 10 minutes ago. It's like you had to go here, then go there, then go up these stairs, and I was like, man, I'm just trying to get to class <laughs> so I could go back home and just go to practice because, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm, I'm here to play football. I just hope they show me what to do before class gets here, but, I mean, you just – I had to learn how to grow up. I mean, I, I was – I feel like I was already ready for college, but, you know, college teaches you a new level of responsibility because – Mom and dad are not there to baby you. They're not there to hold your hand. They're not there to, you know, spoon feed you. I mean, you had to be a grown man or woman, no matter who it is. I mean, you got to handle life at that point. Yeah, man, growing up overnight, no doubt. So let me ask you about the football aspect when you got there. How were you treated when you got there by your teammates? You know, you talk about coming, you know, you got a lot of guys who were recruited in straight up, and then you got someone like yourself that was a JUCO transfer. You know, how were you received coming in by your teammates? Um, I, didn't, I wouldn't say I was, you know, it, it was any type of, you know, anything. I just think everybody, you know, walked in and was ready to handle business. I think everybody got their respect. You know, everybody respected, you know, my, my playing ability, the way I played the game. You know, some people may not know I'm, I'm a guy that doesn't shy away from contact. I love contact. Um, I will run through a brick wall for anybody on the field with me because that's how I play the game. I appreciate the game. And um, I think the guys just really appreciated my work ethic, the way I worked. And, you know, the emotion that I have for the game. It just – I feel like I was just a well-respected person and people respected the way I played. Man, I'm I'm telling you, I'm I'm falling in love with you more and more, man. Make sure you work out for my team when you start working out for NFL teams. We'll <laughs> we'll, t we'll take you down in New Orleans. Um, give me the one biggest difference between playing for Itawamba and West Alabama. Um. Oh man, 
it really wasn't a big difference. I think the biggest difference was like really learning a whole new playbook because I transferred in in the spring. So I was kind of like having to learn the playbook right off the bat because that's when spring practice started. And, uh, you know, of course, I went to Inawamba basically a whole year before the season starts. Um, I don't know. It's just I I knew I wanted to play. I knew I didn't want to sit on the sidelines. So I knew, you know, the first day was rough. I'm not even going to lie to you. I didn't know a single thing in the playbook. It was just like they threw the papers at us and we went over them. And I'm like, golly, I got to learn this. I got to learn that. I hope whatever he calls, he doesn't call this today because – I mean, it, it's it's college. I mean, they're not going to baby you. If you want to play, you got another playbook. So I knew if I wanted to play, you know, there was a guy in front of me. You know, he's like my best friend, but we competed every day. You know, he, he was there all four years. So, I was, like I said, I was behind the eight ball. I knew I wanted to play, so I had to get in my playbook, learn the ins and outs, learn the, you know, what to do when the defense shifts to this in the middle of the snap or something. It, it just – I think that was the biggest difference was learning the playbook and just, you know – being ready to play when first game got there. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, what were you most prepared with and least prepared, but it seems like based upon the last answer, you'd say least prepared playbook, most prepared. I'd have to say just your mindset, clearly, because, I mean, you, you were ready for the opportunity. So let, let's jump into a couple of your seasons real quick. You know, uh, 2018 season, how would you feel that season was for you personally, and how did it go for your team? Um. I think going into the season, I had recently lost a friend in my junior college, uh, Zion Ford. Um, I think that kind of fueled me because I was just playing with him, you know, just that last season, like right before the season ended. And, you know, to have his life taken away so fast, I just knew I had a – I wanted to make him proud because, you know, I had recently lost a couple more people. But, I mean – I just knew I wanted to make, no matter if it was a spiritual spiritual person or just uh, somebody in the stands, I wanted to make everybody around me proud. I didn't want it to be, you know, I knew I had a guaranteed two years left. I wanted to make the most of them. I wanted to make my family proud, no matter who it was. So, I, you know, I just went out there and played my best every game. I got gotcha. you. And so with 2019, and I'm going to be honest with you, you know, we obviously talked to prepare for this episode. I had to get the stats from you, man. Your school, your school website's slacking, man. I couldn't get your stats. I had 2018. We, we thought you fell off the map. We didn't know, we didn't know what happened. But uh, you gave me your 2019 stats, and uh, they were clearly impressive. If I understood that right looking at it, uh, you were second in the conference in yards per game all-purpose. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was second two years in a row, you know. Uh, I had some guys that, you know, some great athletes, you know, Devontae Jackson, he was signed with the Broncos as free agent my junior year. Um, you know, he was a great running back. He broke records in Division Two football in our conference. Uh, it was a, it's quite an experience because, I mean, you look up and you're out there playing with your team and you're trying to win a team game and then you got people looking at you, holding up stats in your face, saying you're behind this guy by so many yards and, and all that stuff. But, I mean – I didn't really think about the stats that much. It was more so about winning, going to playoffs, and trying to get a championship ring. I was I was more surprised about the stats at the end of the season because, I mean, who thinks they're going to get 838 yards kick return one year and, you know, a 1430, 1438 or something like that all-purpose, you know, their junior year. And so you're like, I'm trying to beat that. So that basically was my goal was just to try to beat the year before, which I came up short. But, I mean, it was just one of those deals where I was just like I was happy with it.
Well, you brought up your main concern was the team. How did y'all end up finishing out the 2019 season? It was rough. We finished out five and five. We kind of we kind of lost some pieces. You know, we lost a quarterback that was uh, really great for the program. He broke records. He's 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 a great guy. He kind of he took me under his wing when I first got there. His name Harry Satterwhite. Uh, the guy is unbelievable. I mean, he may not have the strongest arm in the world, but he gets it there. He gets it there on time, and he keeps you away from big hits. And I can't thank him enough for it because you know without him and the O line and the rest of my teammates. Half of those yards that I had wouldn't even be possible, you know. So, it it was it was a good experience. I think that season taught me a lot. You know, it may not have turned out, you know, the way I wanted to as a senior, you know, because every senior wants to end on a good note. But I appreciated the, you know, the memories that I have with my teammates, you know, the coaches, the good times, the bad times, the adversity, you know, because. I mean, you don't really – you don't get – after it's over, it's over. You don't get it back. So, I'm, I made as many memories as I could, no matter what the outcome was. You know, we just all bonded as brothers. And, and that's what I really appreciate about the program. They they teach about brotherhood and all this stuff. So, I mean, you step on the field, that is your family. So, I mean, I appreciate every one of those guys that season. Man, I love it. Uh, you're inspiring me with every answer you got. I'm, I'm digging it. So, my last thing, and I'm going to – I'm going to turn you back over to Randy. Uh, you graduated correctly uh, this past winter. Is that what you said? Yes, I graduated um, last December. Yes, and, last December. And what and what did you get your degree in? Sports management. That's that's what I got my degree in. Um, hopefully, you know, when football's over, I can be a athletic director, a sports agent. I already have a few coaching jobs with former high school coach, Coach Greg Wallace, that I play with. Um I don't know. I just I'll see what the future holds when when the time comes. Really, I'm just following God's plan. So speaking of post grad, you think you're going to be coaching? I got a question. I was reading about you, researching, and noticed some charity work. Memphis Union Mission is charity work something near and dear to you? Oh yes, most definitely. My my biggest thing, no matter what league I play in, whether it's the NFL, CFL, XFL, is basically to give back. You know, because um. You know, not a lot of kids have the opportunity to do certain things that I've done. And, you know, no matter how much money I make, I will give back to any community, anything that I have to give back to. Because my biggest thing is I love to make, you know, people that look up to me, I love to make their day. You know, I realized at a young age, my mom told me that it's, it's something bigger than you. It's not, you know, always about you. So, you know, I want to basically – make my dreams come true so I can go back and tell kids it's possible. You know, it's not hard. It may take a little work, but whatever you put your mind to, and, and people say this a lot, whatever you put your mind to, you can do it. I promise you. If you just put a little hard work and dedication, I promise you, you can do it. So speaking of hard work and dedication, what does your training regimen look like training for the next level? Oh man, I'm not even gonna lie to you. It's, it's rough. Sometimes it's rough. <laughs> uh, I train with a guy, uh, one of old Mrs. Greats, Shay Hodge, um, another one, Mike Espy. You know, I go, I travel two and a half hours to D1, which nobody really knows about until I just told y'all on this podcast. Uh, when I was training for pro day, I was getting up maybe three o'clock in the morning, had to be down there around 6.30, and I'd be training until about two o'clock in the afternoon. So it it was some long days that I had, and, you know, those are some things I, I'm not gonna tell you all of them, but those are some things that uh that I had to do to uh, basically prepare myself. I was I lost 20 pounds 
I was getting ready to run that 40 because basically my agent was telling me, run a 4-3 and you're set, you know, and I was running 4-4-1s, 4-4-2s, 4-4-1 lasers and all that type of stuff. So with the COVID hitting and, and everything, it, it kind of put me down, but I was still training. I'm, I've still been training to this day. You know, I've been training since I got out of college. I hit the, hit the ground running and I haven't stopped since. What is Tariq Cohen's 40 time? I know you know it. I re I just looked at this before uh, I was getting ready for my pro day. It is I know it's fa I know I ran faster than him. I know I did. See, so it's, there you go. There you go. It's either four four two or four four six. And you got him regardless. See, I mean, look, when I was doing my research, I came across it where you said that y'all did a lot of the same things, kind of model your game after. But sounds like you faster than him, so you're good, baby. Oh yeah, I'm ready for when whenever a team calls, I'll be ready. I'll be having my clothes probably falling out of my suitcase when I get on the plane. Randy, I've learned recently that four four can be deceptive. You can be faster than that because they say Alvin Kamara is a four 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 guy and he outruns everybody. So there's something wrong in, well, in that format. Christian can speak to this. I can't because I'm I'm not fast, but balls running with the ball, ball speed and running a forty on a track to me is is totally different. It's way different. The the different level of power that you have to put in playing on the football field, the change of direction, the explosiveness. I mean, it's, the 40 doesn't compare because, I mean, it's just one quick burst and you just keep that same speed. I could be at the backfield and have to get a handoff and hit a hole, maybe have to jump cut before I hit the hole, you know, burst out, beat the second level and outrun a safety. I mean, it, you never know what you might have to do. You might have to reverse field or anything, but. I know I'm I not outrunning like, any of them, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's me personally. I feel like the forty is is one of those deals where it can make or break make or break you, just because. I mean, you can some guys go out there and run a, a four six and could be one of the best NFL players you've ever seen. You know, Jarvis Landry, for instance, that's one of my favorite receivers. LSU is one of my favorite teams, just because. Um, Jalen Collins, he was he was a guy that was like my big brother growing up. He got an offer and. I didn't really have a college team. I just like college football. Um, you know, I, I fell in love with LSU, and I saw all the fun he was having. And I saw Jarvis and Odell play, and they were both there together. So it was one of those deals where I was like, Jarvis ran like a four, five, four, six in the combine. But as you can see, he can outrun some guys. He can run yeah. some guys over. He can make people miss. He can return punts. He can throw. You know, so I watch a lot of guys like that. I don't care if you're fast or not because, I mean, nobody can – put any you know anything on your heart or limitations on anything that you you want to do so I mean you just got to go out there and prove them wrong man that's that's incredible name dropping and all and what's <laughs> what's crazy is that you're dropping these names and your name is as good if not better when we're talking about times and stuff so Man, I, I look forward to what the future holds for you, Christian. Man, you're a, a well-rounded dude all the way around. You speak well. You're you you got it. You know, you got it in your head. You got it athletically, man. So, um, you know, before we let you run, we we like to play a game with all of our guests just to get a little lighter side of you and to see what kind okay. of character you really are. So, all right. uh, it's called this or that. It's very simple. I give you two options. You choose one or the other the only okay. rules are you can't say both and you can't say neither okay you good i got you all right so being a younger cat 
video games. Are are you a video game guy? Without a doubt. That's a what doubt. I figure. So are you going to get the PS5 or the new Xbox X? PS5, without a doubt. Okay. So being in West Alabama, is West Alabama more of an Auburn territory or Alabama territory? Oh, it's an Alabama territory for sure. We're 45 minutes from Tuscaloosa. So are you leaning more towards the Tide or more towards the Tigers? That's I told one. you, LSU Tigers, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I mean, LSU all day, but I mean, I would most definitely choose Alabama just because of Nick Saban, not just because of how good they are. I just love the coach that he is. I love that he, he means business, you know, because that's what I'm about when I'm on the field. So it, I would definitely choose the Tide, not because they're good, but because of who the coach is. That's a great answer. He's he's the only coach that's beat COVID. Just, just <laughs> yeah, in less than 24 hours. Yeah. So would you rather go back in the past or fast forward to the future? Um, my grandmother always told me never wish your life away. So I would definitely say go to the past, maybe relive some memories, see some people that have, you know, maybe left the earth too soon and maybe gets to say some things to them that I never got to say or stuff like that. You know, I, I think the future is a precious thing. Uh, you want it to be a surprise, you know, something that you cherish when you first get it. So, I mean, it, I would definitely go to the past before I go to the future. Yes, that's the best explanation of that question that we've ever had, <laughs> man. Um, so, you're at fresh out of college. You're a young cat, you know. Are you a – if you're going to ask somebody on a date, are you a face-to-face kind of guy or are you a DM kind of guy? Oh man, man. Ah, DM. I can already tell. Yeah, we can already tell. No, 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 no. I'm almost definitely. Don't tell us I, what you think you want us to hear. No, nah, I'm not gonna do that. What the answer is? Christian Gotti said it. It goes down in the DMs. It kind of threw me off. I'll kind of, you know, ways somewhere else because I didn't expect that question to come out. But, but um, I'm not. You know, I'm a football player. I mean, I, I can't speak for all of them. A lot of football players have to speak in front of cameras or anything. I feel like, me personally, I'm, I got to be face to face because DMs, you know, you can, you can, you can't hide, you know, behind the phone when you're in person. You see every emotion, you see everything. You can see if maybe she's looking at you, maybe she's, maybe you think she likes you or something like that. So I mean, can't leave I, you on red if you stand in front of that's, her. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the worst thing she can say is no. There you go. So. You, you talked about having the phone. Now, are you a call kind of guy or are you a text kind of guy? Oh, most definitely call. Do not do not text me because I'm short and sweet to the point. And you know how, I mean, sorry for all the women. You know how women are. They like detailed messages. They like, don't do, never say okay. Please don't ever say okay. Because that, that'll make women mad is ever. <laughs> but... <laughs> I mean, I, I hate texting because, I mean, I'm, I'm short, sweet to the point, you know, and girls like to carry on conversations and you got to think of something to talk about or just just anybody, you know. I'm I'm, I'm not going to really say too much, but on the phone, you know, I'll laugh with you, I'll joke with you. We can talk about anything, you know, whether it's, you know, good or bad. You know, you can vent to me. I can give you advice, you know, things I may have went through or something like that. But I feel like talking on the phone is a better connection with a person because you get to – 
you get to actually see and feel what that person may be feeling or just talking to a person that you may want to talk to. Gotcha. So would you, would you say being, being a Mississippi native, we'll say Mm -hmm. that, and then going to school in Alabama, Mississippi or Alabama? Without a doubt, you know, I got to go with the hometown. You know, I, you know, you already know, I think that Mississippi is slept on with the athlete, with the athletes. So I feel like a lot of schools, like maybe Ole Miss, uh, I hate to put it out there, maybe Ole Miss and Mississippi State kind of miss out on a lot of good athletes in Mississippi trying to go get guys, you know, here and there. But I feel like Alabama just has a little bit more exposure than us. But any day I'm choosing Mississippi. We, you know, we got some hard-nosed football players. You know, we were just talking about recently on the last episode. They didn't miss out on DK Metcalf and uh, AJ Brown. They just didn't. They they just didn't use them clearly the right yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, that most definitely. That's I mean, those are two. Those are basically how we put it, those are two goats in Mississippi. You know, those guys work hard. You know, AJ Brown was a guy that I didn't even know back then when I was at South Haven. I was playing playing against Starville. He was on defense actually playing safety. And I was at running back running football, and I didn't know that was A.J. Brown at the time. But, you know, it's, it, see his work ethic and to see that he, how he grew over the years. Because, of course, I watch his huddle. I watch, you know, I respect a lot of people's games. I watch a lot of high school kids when I was in high school. Um, you know, I, I just – I feel like Mississippi has a lot of underground players that people don't know about, and Alabama just thinks – just because they got roll tide and whatever else that they basically run the whole United States in football. But only one way to tell if we put the pads on at the end of the day. That's right. So the next question is a question that's a a staple on this, this segment for all of our guests. And it, it, it can go one of two ways and it means probably the most important question that we we've, we are going to ask you tonight. Okay. Would you rather have money or friends? Mm. This is this is how you can uh, kind of avoid <laughs> this question. This this is how, this is what I always say. I I don't have friends. I have family. You know. You know. I don't want somebody around me that's going to be a temporary person. I want somebody that that's loyal. I can trust and depend on. Um. Without a doubt. I would most definitely choose money because I mean I have a great family. Hey, fine. I have, I have a great family, you know. So you know, you could have a friend that you've been friends with for eight years and they could turn your back on you the next day, you know what I mean? Money, money can't turn their back on you. That money's yours. You can put it in your bank account, you can spend it how you want, you can do anything you want with it. But family see your favorite guest now. <laughs> Bar none. Every one of these guys has said friends with friends. I'm like, nah, bro. Nah, money. give me the money. My friends are on here. Bump them. Give me the check. Man, well, you can invest in money. You can do all types of stuff with money. Yeah, friends can either bring you up or bring you down. It's a 50 speed. Make chain. it rain. For real. All right, so it's the last question. All right. Better late than never or never late is better? Um, I would say better late than never because, I mean. I bet you would. I bet you. <laughs> <laughs> better late than never because, I mean, it, it, it's it's hard waiting on something that you really want. For instance, uh, 
I'm gonna just throw a little surprise out there. I haven't really announced it to the world, but I just recently got a contract with uh, FCF. It's a, a new fan control football league uh, directed by Marshawn Lynch, Richard Sherman, the rapper Quavo, a YouTuber named Destroying. Um, it's being ran by NFL coaches. You know, I'll get the exposure that I need. I'll be in Atlanta for three months, uh, starting January 11th. I have to go get tested for COVID and get quarantined. I'll be in a sports bubble. Um, yeah, so I mean, um, it's it's gonna be a fun experience. I I kind of just threw that out there for y'all, but yeah, I've been yeah, kind of on cloud nine. That's, that's some exclusive, 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 and off the now, bench. Now Hot I got the press. Yeah, now we got to bring you back because I got so many questions about that. So. <laughs> I like how you didn't drop it to the very end. Yeah, yeah, it it kind of it kind of felt right with the question because uh, just about. Maybe a couple hours ago, I, they just sent my contract in my email, and me and my mom gonna review over it and and see what's about to happen. Cause I mean, I've been out football for almost a year, and I'm ready to get back. I'm ready to handle business, and uh, you know, I kind of had some some great people in my corner that've been fighting for me, and you know, without them, you know, that contract probably wouldn't be here or in my my email. So I mean, when I get there, I'm gonna take advantage of it. I'm, I'm gonna try to make go? a statement. Uh, I report January 11th, so I have a few months to keep training and get my body in tip-top shape. January 18th, I have – that's the start of the training camp. And February – I want to say first week in February is when they start um, the season. It's uh, four teams. I think it's six-week game. It should end around March 3rd, maybe. That's when the championship game is, or February 20th or something. I can't remember. But – it's going to be a fun experience. There's talent all across the world that's been there. I went to Houston a couple months ago, and that's why I had a 10-5 broad jump, a 4-4-2-40, all that good stuff. And the the head guy has been calling me left and right. I, I've never known a 7-3 number called me, and I'm like, who is this? I'm thinking it's probably NFL team, but he's been fighting for me. He's been telling me that he's he loves everything about me. And, and you know, I, I appreciated that so much because – I mean, business, when I get on the field, I'm all about having fun, smiling, joking, all that. But, man, I, I really I really cherish football when I when I stepped off that field my senior year in college and I knew that nothing was guaranteed. And I'm just so appreciative of, of just getting this contract and being able to play or strap up at least one more time, you know what I mean? So, well, man, you – you're a young young dude, man. You 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 say strap up one more time, but I I think I think you have the mindset to strap up more than just one more time. So, man, we're gonna take you off the hot seat. Is there anything? I know you just just dropped the bomb on everybody, but <laughs> there any social media, any charities, anything you want to plug or promote before we let you get off here? Um, I just, first and foremost, I've got to give a shout out to God. You know, I have to, because without him, I would definitely not be here. I'm grateful. Everything on my body still working. Haven't had any major, in, major injuries in the, you know, in my career, you know, a couple sprained ankles or stuff, but I most definitely want to thank, you know, my mom and my dad, the rest of my family, you know, without those guys, um, you know, some days were harder than others and I had to lean on them more than I could just sit there and just try to fix it myself. Cause you know, men don't want to, you know, ask people for help most of the time. And we kind of want to figure it out on our own, but man, my family really just stuck, you know, through everything and 
just told me to keep my faith. And I believe that's where my faith kind of got stronger. And, I, you know, I was praying a little more, praying a little harder each and every night, trying to get closer to God and see what his plan for me was because, you know, I'm, I'm an impatient person and I had to work on it. And people tell you, trust the process. And that's, that's a, if you really understand what that means, it's kind of hard as an athlete just to kind of trust the process because you really want to play a sport or anything in life. So um, that, and I want to thank my pastor. You know, I want to thank you guys for having me on here because it's great to get to sit here and tell my story and, you know, learn about you guys and all that stuff. But that's about it. Man, make sure you keep us up to date because we love to promote all our guests. So, man, through that okay. whole process of what you got coming up, man, message me and let me know everything. We'll put it out on our page for sure. I got you. I will. I will. I, uh, like I said, I'll be leaving January 11th. I'll probably shoot y'all an inbox text or anything and let y'all know that I'll be heading down. I'll be down there. We can do a call down there. You know, I probably – I kind of want to – I want to keep it secret, but here's another. I want to give me a little GoPro and kind of blog the whole little experience, maybe give people something to look at and see what I'm going through and track my little journey trying to, to get to the NFL because I tell myself this. I don't care what anybody else says. My story is not over. I'm just getting started. You know, I'm my thing, I just want to have a great story to tell uh, for anybody out there. You know, like I said, I want to give back and just show people that maybe – have been put behind the eight ball with height or don't have the weight or something like that. Just, just to keep your head down, keep working, you know? So whatever you guys want to do, I'll be here for it. I'll be ready. You know, I'm always willing to help and do anything for you guys. I appreciate you having me, like I said, and it's been fun. Well, Christian, man, thank you again. It's been a great no, night uh, with you. Yeah. Appreciate the story. Love getting your, your story out there. We're definitely going to have you back, whether it's, while you're in the bubble or, or right after that. But we definitely want to get you back if you're okay with that. Oh, that's fine with me. I'm, I'm willing to work with you. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. We're going to plug the sponsors. We're going to pay some bills. Over that break, because we're in the theme of exclusives tonight, I want everybody to check out the In Off the Bench exclusive, Signing Day the Patriot Way. And then when we come back from that, we got headlines. Randy will make you rich. Jim's going to blow the whistle. And I'm going to give my That's What's Up award for the week. It's Jim Cross, and I am here at Signing Day, the Patriot Way. I am joined by three outstanding young gentlemen from the Lewisburg baseball team who are signing today with three different SEC schools. So let's start with Gray Bain. Gray, how does it feel to be here in this moment right now? Uh, it's something you can't even really describe, but just having all my friends and family here, uh, grandparents, you know, parents and coaches and all that, it's, it's great. All right, and so i got to ask you, because a lot of people have asked me this, is your real name Gray or is it Gary? Because I, I'm getting a lot of feedback about that. <laughs> it's Gray, just like the color. All right, that's, that's good to know, okay. Gray Bain, that's a real cool name. All right, so Brady, how are we feeling today? Um, I feel great. I'm very happy to be here with all my friends and family, coaches. All right, and what about you, Braden? Feeling good? Oh, I'm feeling great. It's uh, amazing to have everybody here that's, you know, helped me get to this point. And, uh, you know, a lot of people drove far just to see us three, and it means a lot to all three of us. Got you. I'm going to stay here with you, Braden. Tell us why you're choosing Ole Miss. Uh, ever since I was little, me and my dad used to uh, always watch football games, baseball games, and it's always been my dream school to go play for the Rebels and finally, put on that, finally, uh, finally to put on that jersey. 
is just amazing feeling. It's always been my dream school. Yeah, Ole Miss is an awesome school. We had Dallas Wolfolk on last night. He talked about playing there. It sounds like you made a really good choice. All right, so we know that you chose Mississippi State. You know a lot of guys who go there. Tell us why Mississippi State. Most of my family's from Starville. My dad played baseball there uh, ever since I was, you know, ever since I can remember, really. I've wanted to go play baseball at State. Uh, yeah, man, that team is locked and loaded. You're joining the real powerhouse. I don't know about you so much, Brady, you know, Arkansas. Now, <laughs> these guys picked the local powerhouse colleges, but you're going a little bit off the map, and I know you've got a good reason why. Why don't you tell everybody? Well, I have a bunch of family in Arkansas, so we've been used to traveling up there all the time, and I've always been a Razorback fan. And we took a visit there, and I couldn't leave it. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and stay here with you again. I know that you go to Chariot Life Fellowship. I do as well. What is it like to be able to have this event and this moment held right here? Um, it's really cool because I get a lot of people I go to church with that I can't really talk to outside of church to be able to come here and share this experience with me. And it's, it's just a really good place to meet with all our friends and family. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Greg, my question for you is what is it like, what's the emotions like having all your friends and family here? Uh, I just, I'm happy. Um, you know, it's been a tough year. Haven't been able to see a lot of people, especially the, uh, some of the people here today. So to, to have this opportunity for everybody to be here today really means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Braden, that leads me to ask you, what is it like to get to sign with these two guys alongside of you? Uh, I've, uh, I've known Brady for probably since I was eight years old. We grew up playing ball together. I met Gray my freshman year, and these two, these two guys have been my best friend throughout the whole high school. So it's amazing for us, for all three of us, to be able to sign today together. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I couldn't imagine being able to sign with my best friends that I've been playing with forever. So now we know you still have a senior year of high school left, even though you're signing with college. So I got to ask you, is Lewisburg going to make a run at a state title? Oh, without a doubt. We were last year. You know, uh, we didn't. We didn't want it to end like we did last year, but uh, this year we're going to come out with, uh, with more, uh, I can't think of the word, more uh, revenge, and uh, we're going to be ready to go this year. I love the competitive spirit. All right, so with that, i got to ask a question. I've asked Brady this before, but I'm going to ask you this, Gray. Is this the year that Lewisburg dethrones DeSoto Central? We're counting down the days to the first game. This is it. This right. is the year. I love it. I, I mean, we're going to be there for that. That's going to be a big-time game. And so the last question I want to ask you guys, I want to ask it to you, Brady. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who put in the work, you know, for y'all to be here across the board. Is there anyone that you would especially like to think that is responsible for this day for you guys? Um, I think my dad, for sure, because he's put me in situations to succeed with every coach I've had from nine years old to right now. He just always put me in, in a spot to be better. All right, and Gray. Go ahead and give a shout-out to your coach, because I know he's got a big, a big responsibility. Uh, we appreciate you, Coach Cagle, everything you've done for us. All right, guys. Well, this is Braden Sanders, Brady Tiger, and Gray Bain from the Lewisburg baseball team. And they're here today signing, like I said, with three different SEC schools. Remember, this is Real Life TV. Check us out. Check out the In Off the Bench podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and various other streaming outlets. Other than that, remember our tagline. Strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out. Yo, welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We just dropped an exclusive of the signing day, the Patriot Way. And Jim, my man, you were there firsthand. Talk to us a little bit about it. Man, what an amazing event. First, shout out to Real Life TV. You know, got to talk to Ed Easley who we had on this podcast, who has a lot of kids signed for EBC, who was a part of the signing day process himself. And he said, 
real life put on as professional a display as he's ever seen. Um, I had nerves being a part about it. Um, not going to lie, but it would nevertheless, you know, kind of got myself settled down and the kids, man, Braden Sanders, Gray Bane, Brady Tiger, those dudes, some good young men. Uh, the future's bright for them going to some big time schools. So to be able to talk to them and then watch their family, you know, um, how excited they were, how proud they were, the people who've invested in them their whole life to get them to where they're at currently, uh, just to be a part of that moment for us to get to share that. Um, man, feel very blessed and honored because, uh, you know, it's just, you know, as an athlete in high school, I never had an opportunity to be a part of anything like that. And so to see these kids be able to, to be able to sign with the college of their dreams, with their family and friends there, that's just, that's good stuff. Absolutely, man. Uh, just watching it, you know, the live feed, it was awesome. Um, you know, the, the setup professional all the way around. So shout out to you, man. You did a great job. You know, you put together some good questions. You put together some good content for the show, man. That was, I look forward to, to more of that in the future. But I'll be honest, man, we're going to say, I'm going to bring it up right here. Randy Jowers over there was right about something. Hey, man, I can't say, I can't say your quotes, bro. They're, they're yours. You're the smooth one. I'm not. I'm going to tell you what, my next interview, I will not be saying anything that you say really well. I'm going to tell you that. Well, if I have yet to trademark it, maybe I should, and then I'll <laughs> let you use it and just pay me royalties on it anytime Randy, you want. Randy's given me a lot of advice in many areas, and I tend to not listen to him, and when I don't, I pay for it every time. Well, hey, you just got to start listening to him, man. He's he's uh, he's very knowledgeable, and he's like this old, like, whiz, wisdom. He's He's got it all. So well, That's why during Randy's Riches, I'm taking notes tonight. Well, before we get there, we got to jump in. Yeah, before we get there, we got to jump into some headlines. And we're going to lead off tonight with the NBA draft. And I know um, Wednesday night started the draft. Jim, I'll start with you, man. Who is going number one? By all accounts, it is LaMelo Ball. And so Timberwolves, they need anything and everything, right? All they got is cat. So uh, makes sense to me. Randy, who needs to win the draft? I mean, I know we talk about the draft, and sometimes it's a big, bigger, we make a bigger deal out of it than it is, but who actually really needs to win the draft? I think the easy answer is the Timberwolves because they have the number one pick, and if you pick wrong, uh, you set your team back, set the pro, you set the whole thing back, the whole organization back years. Um, but I honestly, a little bit, uh, I'll and I'm going to say either the Mavericks or the Celtics, and let me tell you why. Everybody's watching the Mavericks, and they got Przingis, and obviously they got Doncic, and they did – they're a piece away or two pieces away. Uh, and the reason that I say the Celtics is because they have three first-round draft picks on a stacked team already. So it's do they pick not just the talent but the right talent to complement what they already have with the young guys, uh, with Kimba, uh, with Tatum, with Brown, I mean, with Marcus Smart. And they got some good guys off the bench. I think, you know, Canner, but they got to pick the right guys. So, I think the Celtics or the Mavs will be my picks. Randy, do you think with the way Ainge is, they will actually draft three people, or you think he'll make another move like he always does? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely – but 
it's a possibility. Angel's always playing chess with checkers. So, Jim, let me ask you this: Are there any players that you're you're curious to see where they go? Um, yeah, I mean, we root for Memphis, and I'm curious to see where Precious goes. Right now, the the latest mock draft, and you know, there's a ton of them, but the one that I've been following has him going to Denver, and you know. I think that's a great landing spot because you're going to go to a team that, you know, is competing in the West. And sometimes while you want to go to a high top 10 team, it's not a bad deal when you can get to go to a team that's, that's competing already and you can be around guys that you can benefit from. Would you be excited if Precious went to Portland? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Look, yeah, I don't like when Portland beats Russ, but – that I can't hate those guys can ball. I mean, it's they're fun to watch. And if he got to be a part of uh, playing with those guys, then you know, good for him. So you know, moving you know closer to the start of the season, Randy, we settled on a twelve twenty two start date. With everything that is still going on, is is that too early? Or are you happy that we're getting basketball before Christmas Day and is it even a thought because with COVID cases rising, do you think we're going to be back in, in a similar situation of having to postpone games? We might, but let's call it what it is. It's a cash grab, and that's not a knock on the NBA. It's just a fact. Um, you know, there were some dates thrown out. MLK Day is always a huge day here in Memphis. Uh, it's always a game. That would be the start of the season, and a lot of I did a lot of research on this, and they say that the – Financial impact of that would be close to $1 billion lost if they do not start before Christmas. So what they're trying to do is get those Christmas ads and get all of that exposure that comes with that, that whole, that 30 days. And the other side of that is the players, the reason they agree to this is because their salaries, 10% or so is held in an escrow. So if at the end of the year, there's a, they underperform, they don't get that. The owners get that back, you know, and if they overperform, they're guaranteed it, but they don't get extra. So I think that on both sides, it's a cash grab and they know what's at stake. So Jim, is there any worries about starting the season so quickly? I feel like the off season for this year has been very, very quick. Um, as far as, you know, production being limited for some players or even, you know, possible injury is there any reason that we should worry about the season starting in December no I personally don't believe so because a lot of the teams that made it to the end not just the finals particularly but to the eastern and western Conference, um, they believe in like load management anyway and so for instance just use the Lakers as the easy one you know if LeBron decided he wanted to not play the first eight games and rest up Anthony Davis they could do that and still be fine and find themselves as a because what what have we always learned about a lot of these teams with stars on them they don't need the number one seed right they just they just need to be in and so if you had to you know take it easy to start the season and you ended up with the four or five seed is it really going to matter for a team like that probably not um but I just, I just wonder, you know, with what's going on in 
it hasn't changed. Cases is, cases have gone down, but now that they're out of the bubble, cases are going to go up. They're not going to be in a bubble. I just feel like it's inevitable that they're going to start or have some have to postpone games, and it's going to get very messy. Um, especially when you when you look at what baseball had to go through, it, it it got messy with like the Cardinals, for instance, who had to like they were off almost a month before they played games. I mean, is that feasible that that's going to have to happen in basketball and teams that don't play for a month? Like it's. It, I mean, they'll a... they'll find a way because I mean, Randy's talking about it. I mean, if they don't, there's just too much money to be lost. So they're gonna find a way around it. I, you know, remember baseball expanded their roster to start that whole thing, right? I mean, couldn't NBA feasibly do that? And you know, you just may have to maneuver, you know, G leaguers up and everything. And I know that doesn't necessarily help as far as getting your record right, but it keeps basketball going, and you you find a way. True. Very very true. So let's let's move to NFL. Let's break down this past week. Um, Randy, were there any noteworthy games that you saw that stuck out? Death, taxes, and Colts over the Titans. <laughs> I called it last week, and they dominated. And listen, maybe he will never listen to this podcast, but Jeff Calkins, Jeffrey Wright, I'm calling you both out. You said the Titans are still a better team, but you didn't give any respect to the fact that the last – I don't know, 20 times they play. Go check that record out. Y'all are both sportscasters. Do your job, baby. Ooh, woo. Jim, what about you? Any any games this past week that, you know, struck your fancy that were intriguing to you? Yeah, and before I bring that up, I just want to highlight on Randy's team. Number one defense. You can't really talk bad about a team when they have the number one ranked defense, I, especially in a season where defense is down. The Colts is not one of them. But, you know, the game that, that got my attention has got to be the Rams beating Seattle, right? Like, Seattle is kind of in a funk. And now, because of that specifically, there is now a three-way tie atop of the NFC West. So, that game going like that and then Arizona being able to pull out their game against the Bills, the NFC West is the most interesting race in football. I think you're failing to mention the NFC, uh, the East, where <laughs> the three and five Eagles are tied with the three and seven Giants for first place. And they're trailed by only one game by Washington and Dallas. So, I mean, it's, it's anybody's division. Let's, let's, <laughs> stop, let's stop right there and look at the point differential for those teams. The Giants would win it two in a row. All right, so the Eagles have been outscored by 29. Giants 41, Washington 38, oh, Dallas 86. <laughs> My goodness. You pack it in. Y'all should not try to win any more games, DB. It's over. Man, I hate to say it. You're, you're right, but somebody – the sad reality is somebody has to win. <laughs> somebody has to win. I'm, like, looking it up. The only team with a worse differential – and this should, this should tell you all you need to know – is the New York Jets mm. oh, minus one forty seven? Ooh. So On another note, the NFC West nobody has a negative point differential. Wow. Stacked. Oh. And if and if the Niners weren't hurt, 
you know, we're talking about the three-way tie. If the Niners didn't have so many injuries, they would be right there in the thick. I mean, you'd have all four teams back. Well, they're only hey, they're only two games out, you know, and you got. But they're not left. getting healthy anytime soon. <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're still. They're not playing terrible to have so many injuries. I agree. So let's 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 move that way. Let's let's talk about next week's games because next week is is Cardinals and Seahawks Thursday night six and three six and three. Um, is this a game where? If the Cardinals win, do we need to start considering them to be one of the best teams in football? No. Jim, I, I, Jim I'll, I'll start with you, man, because I know last night or yesterday was was a fluky win, and you don't typically have that happen. Well, you don't have that happen unless you're Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I hate that guy. But in, anyhow, but do they have a shot to beat Seattle? Yes, they have a shot to beat Seattle, but when I, you know, on that so-called fluky play, all I could think, and I think back to when Randy texted me the day it happened when the Texans got rid of Hopkins, and all I could think is when he went up and snatched that up from three dudes, it was like, God, fire Bill O'Brien again. Like, send him a message and say you're, you're fired again, even though he, he's already been fired. Like, bro, what were you thinking? And so, and, he, and here's the thing. You know, you talk about the Seahawks and and having DK and having Lockett and stuff, but, man, neither of those guys still is Hopkins. And the way Kyler Murray is playing, uh, the, the problem is, and the reason why you can't just say they're a contender yet is the defense still has holes. But if they do win that game, I think they do become the favorite all of a sudden, kind of the way that Saints-Bucks went, you know, um, last week because, you know, when you get that edge in the division, it's very meaningful. I'd have to look at their upcoming schedule afterward. We're not going to do that right now. But, I mean, yeah, I think the Cardinals would become the favorite in that division. So, Randy, you, you said no originally to see, or to Arizona if they win being one of the best teams in the league. So, why, why do you, you say that? Same reason that Jim said. It's the defense. And, you know, it's – they – are doing some things offensively. And we've talked about it on the show that people said wouldn't work in the NFL. And it is because that's the way the league's going. But until they shore up the defense, I'm just – I can't put them up there as one of the top teams. But the problem have, is Seattle doesn't play defense either. <laughs> do you have to have a defense to win? Uh, a Super Bowl? I, I don't think you have to have a great defense anymore. But you look at the Chiefs last year. Their defense wasn't great, but it was good. And it was a bend but don't break. I don't think the Cardinals are even that. I mean, it's not like it was just a couple weeks ago we saw the Dolphins tearing them up. I mean, it's not good. So, you know, just looking at the slate of games, Jim, when you're, 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 you're picked for the playoffs, the Browns get beat by the Eagles, are you still going to say that they're going to make the playoffs? Hmm. I don't know. I might not because, you know, as much as I hate to say this, and Randy's been letting me know via text, you know, the Browns are 6-3, and three, but they got to be the worst 6-3 and three team. And so, um, if you get beat by the Eagles, that really exposes that. So, Randy, Tennessee, Tennessee's got Baltimore. Is Who's a better team? Uh, Baltimore. Why? Well, because they beat the Colts. Uh, I think that they're just a little bit more complete team right now. Uh, the Titans, 
for all that we've known them. At, really, if you look at this game, when you just say Baltimore and Tennessee, you think defense. And the fact of the matter is that's not the case anymore. Um, Tennessee's defense is really, really struggling. You think of them as like a hard-nosed. And to see them so undisciplined on three phases of the game against the Colts was really surprising. Special teams is a disaster. They had a guy that was punting well. They got rid of him, brought another guy. They couldn't block the guy on the punt. I mean, it was – they got a lot. That's why I'm saying if you're that bad on special teams where you're getting punts blocked and you're shanking a 13-yard punt, you can't be better than the Ravens. So, Jim, Kansas City has has Vegas. Is, is this going to be – a new rivalry that's going to be brewing, or is this something where Kansas City is going to show dominance? You know, they make things look easy a lot of the time, Kansas City, but I don't know. The The Raiders are playing good football. Uh, you know, it's easy to think that Kansas City is going to come out and get um, revenge. I will say this, I wanted, and I wanted to bring this up, I and mean, you bring up Kansas City is perfect. Because when you look at the hottest teams in the NFL in regards to you saying, does defense matter? If you take Kansas City out of the equation, because they're nowhere near the top, if I listed the top six defenses right now, you tell me how good a football they're playing. Number one is the Colts. Number two is the Rams. Number three is the Saints. Number four is the Bucks. Number five is the Niners. We, as we mentioned, their offense is depleted. And number six is the Steelers. So when you look at the teams that are hot, every one of them is playing good defense. So I'm going to say that it does matter. Um, the only team that that maybe doesn't fall for is Kansas City, and that's just because they can score a will. Well, speaking of, of good defense, Green Bay, Indianapolis. Randy, what does Indianapolis got to do to take down Aaron Rodgers? Pressure him. They got to keep the pressure on him. Uh, he, he looks human at times. You know, they got he's got really one – weapon that we all know of and the biggest thing they got to do is run the damn ball just like Quentin Nelson says run the ball keep it away from him and don't let him have time because if he does he's going to make something happen yeah I think and and the last game I'll hit on is is the Rams Monday night at Tampa Bay and that's what scares me about this game for Tampa Bay is the Rams have a guy that can cause chaos and and create pressure on the quarterback and the last time Jim that that happened who who was the Bucks playing they're playing the Saints and I think I think you're right because and I, and I think the Bucks have to learn the lesson that we talked about right um quick going for the deep shots um let's do quick drops get the ball out early you got guys who can get open everywhere there's no there's no reason and I thought this past week watching the game you know you talked about like Antonio Brown they were hitting him on the quick intermediate routes that's that's what you got to do yeah so let's we're we're over halfway so let's talk you know predictions let's just talk about division winners right now we weren't go, we won't go into full playoff mode but AFC East, it's Buffalo seven and three, Miami six and three, New England four and five. The Jets are zero and nine. Who who wins the division? Well, we all pick Buffalo, and I'm not straying from that. But I wouldn't be lying if I didn't say Miami's getting real scary because they seem to not be losing games. I, I will say this, Randy: the, the Patriots picked up a big win last night, so I, they might be. be coming to to push the Colts out especially <laughs> if the Colts can't, can't figure it out this week. Get weekend. out of here. Uh, so Randy I'm assuming you agree with Buffalo? Yeah I'm just sticking with my pick. 
Yeah, so me too. And in the north, I, I got Pittsburgh. They're just playing, you know, dominant football right now. Randy, who you got? Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, or Cincinnati? <laughs> I'm going to go with the Steelers just because they have such a commanding lead at 9-0. and They've been playing great. And I will continue to say this as I have forever. Ben Roethlisberger is the most underrated quarterback of our generation. Oh, big buckethead Ben, man. He's, hey. he's doing stuff. He's no winning games. No, though, Ben. That's right. Jim, what about you? Yeah, I'm going with Pittsburgh. And the thing is, you know, they've obviously played better than we projected. But we did all three. I listened back to the episode. We did all three project them to be in the playoffs. So, with the way they're playing, we're all going to get that one right, fellas. We just ain't going to get the division writer, uh, division winner right. We all picked Baltimore. But who wouldn't have picked Baltimore? Let's be honest, coming into the season after what they did last year, that was we didn't pick that one wrong. Yeah, so AFC South, Randy, Bro, six and I, three. This is this is the week. I just mean, like six. I told you from the jump, it's gonna be the horseshoes, baby. That's the division is theirs. They might as well rename it the Colts division, the Indianapolis South, whatever you want to call it, is theirs. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with Tennessee. Oh my God! We can't help head. this guy. We've, we've just you just saw that movie. We just saw it. You need to go back and watch that replay. Look, man, as long as Phillip Rivers is the quarterback with all them kids, I, I So I'm you're going to put your faith man. in Ryan Tannehill. Okay. No, I'm okay. putting my faith in Henry. Well, I, 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 you know what? Uh, my, Darius Leonard put something on Henry the other night. It wasn't faith. It was in uh, pass. Pop, pop. Every, every running back is going to get hit hard at least once. But I would say Derrick Henry provides more hard hits than people provide to him. So I'm a, hey, I'm a, I'm Jim a can Jim can back me up on this. Jim's boy, LSU grad, uh, Ryan Clark is all over Derrick Henry on Twitter. He disagrees with you vehemently. He said Derrick Henry he folds like a cheap tent when he gets hit. Well, I've I've seen what what he can do. I, well, I mean, just let him get to the secondary, which well, he does. Oh, my God. He, he doubles their size. He owns those guys. Don't but, let Josh Norman get in your head, cuz. But you, you could easily say the offensive line or the defensive lineman double his size. Like, you, you could say the Derrick same. Derrick Henry? Yes. No, they don't double his size. What is Come he, on. like 260? Come on. You, you not that. Okay. When we're talking about doubling somebody's size, doubling their weight, that's that's absurd. But you get what I'm saying. Like, the the guys ain't – they're not little. I bet you this. I bet you the average defensive lineman, there's a, there's a much bigger gap between Derrick Henry and the secondary than there is between Derrick Henry and the defensive line. Oh, of course. Of course. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm getting at there's a size difference between – You don't want that smoke, bro. Hey. You don't want that smoke. I'm telling you, it, look, when you're sad that the Colts don't win that division. It was primetime last Randy, Thursday night. I've been waiting to get my chance to talk until I can really make Daniel feel bad about his Titans pick. <clears throat> what I have in front of me is the Titans' upcoming schedule. At the Ravens. L. At the Colts. L. Then they got the Browns. Wow, that's they, W. They, they, do get, they do get a game off against Jacksonville, but then they go to Green Bay. 
Like, and then and then they get the Lions and the Texans. But I, forget the forget the Lions, Texans, Jaguars. They got to go to Green Bay, to Indianapolis, and to Baltimore, and then they got Cleveland. Like, what are we talking about here? Hells, that's what we're talking about. And look, can't even sleep on the Jaguars anymore. They're still they're playing tough. Yeah, they had they had Green Bay dead in the rights. I mean, the the Colts got the the Packers. Then they play the Titans again. They do have the Texans. They have the Raiders. They have the Steelers and the Jaguars. It's not like the Colts have that easy of a path. It's it's well. It's, I, I mean, I heard you say the Titans, so that's a dub as usual. Wow. But, Daniel, I pay attention to certain things. Like, they both play Green Bay, but the Colts host Green Bay is whereas the uh, Titans get to go there when it's going to be brutally cold because it's the second and last game. That's a big difference. I mean, global warming, bro, it ain't going to be that cold. <laughs> hey, by the way, Daniel, look, because we didn't really touch on the Saints game last week, and I don't even want to touch on it because there's a lot of heartbreak in there, but you brought it up to me in a, in a phone conversation earlier. Can I give a shout-out to my boy, AK-41? He's got 1,134 all-purpose yards and 11 touchdowns through nine games. So, uh, I didn't want this episode to get over without me throwing my man a shout-out. Probably worthy of MVP considerations, but we all know it's a quarterback award. But but getting back to AFC West, I think I'm going Kansas City. I would probably guess all of us are, are still riding – the, the Patty Mahomes wave. Chop. Yeah. Let, with... me, let, let me look. Before I just go ahead and make the easy pick, let me look at what the Raiders have coming up. Ooh, they well, got they the got Jets, Kansas the City Chargers, the Dolphins, the Broncos. Hold on, hold on. If they were to beat the Chiefs, the rest of it's pretty easy, minus the Colts. The other five games are trash. The Dolphins? They're 6-3, and three too. Man, I'm still not a believer, dude. And And – I think I'd still take the Raiders over them, but if well, they, I mean, I'm the, just saying if they were to beat the Chiefs, there's there's a chance. The Chiefs got the Broncos, the Dolphins, and the Saints, and the Falcons, and the Chargers. Now I'm just saying their last their last games. The the Chief, the Chiefs got the Saints and the Bucks, and if if Breeze is back, that that might be two L's right there, homie. They might get they they might be like we need a Ben Patty over our knee and show them what's up. Please. Please, you better, you better get Drew Brees back under center. <laughs> yeah, my my boy got my boy got to collapse long, and I'm talking smack. Mm-hmm. So NFC East, I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not picking a winner. They all need to lose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'll, I'll I'll make a note of that, Randy. Oh, uh, nope. but I will if I got to pick one of them losers. I'm give me. Give me – let's. all right, we're going to spin it around because I know nobody's going to pick them. Give me the Washington football team. Alex Smith, baby. Ride or die. I, you know what? That's, that's, not a, that's not a bad choice. That's better than the Giants and the Eagles. Who you got, Jim? You know, I was going to go with the Giants, but check this out. After they play Cincinnati this week, they got at Seattle, at Arizona, Cleveland at home. At Baltimore, <laughs> so so I was gonna jump the Giants train just for fun, and I'm not going to. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with with Randy. And you know, you've spent so much time giving Alex Smith the credit that he deserves. And wouldn't it just be? I don't care. That's the only way that this this 
whole NFC East thing turns out great, right? If you're going to have a trashy team win a division, why not be the one led by the guy who probably was never going to play football again? Hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's just a shame that Alex Smith has to play my team to win it. So I'm going to, I'm going to go for my team every time. He probably feels really safe playing against that defense. <laughs> I'm sure he does. I mean, I, why wouldn't he? 80, 86 point differential. The, the, a tad bit better than the jets. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right, so uh, NFC North. Packers. Packers, I agree. I can't believe Chicago is – Minnesota needs to get their life together. I don't know what their deal hey, is. Hey, big win tonight. They've won three win. in a row, and they got those sorry Cowboys division. next. Hey, they got the sorry Cowboys next, so you can go ahead and chalk them up for another one. They got Carolina yeah, hey, after – Whoa, I don't hey. think the wins are like – like tonight's win, like okay, like was it really that's, that great? It's a division a- win. Randy, and listen, breaking this I'm, was Kirk Cousins' first, first ever ten tries, first ever Monday Night Football win. Gone with his bad self. Hey guys, money, bra- breaking news: my least favorite team probably over the last few seasons. I'm picking them to get a wild card berth because listen, to this they got the cow- they got the Cowboys, the Panthers, and the Jaguars. Then they got the Bucks, which is tough, but then they come back with the Bears and the Lions and the Saints. Well, let's just say they lose those two games against the, the Saints and the Bucks because those are our squads. Those other five are so winnable, it's not even funny. I actually think I had the Vikings in the playoffs. We all did. I think we, we all did, yeah. Uh, the only, only one of us, uh, I had to look back at it. One of us had them as a division winner. Or, I, mean, me too. I had the Packers as the, yeah. All right, so NFC South, I got the Bucks. I have the Bucks too, even though I picked the Saints, and it's only because Drew Brees is hurt, and I do not and will not ever believe in Jameis Winston. All right, Jim. The next you gonna you gonna let a he's missing four games and a punctured lung change your mind, Randy? Let me help. Let me help sway you a little bit, okay? He's he's supposed to miss four games. Falcons, Broncos, Falcons, Eagles. Does that help at all? I just I not with Jameis Winston as your quarterback, bro. I've seen that. Taysom Hill's gonna get plenty of reps, bro. Thirty interceptions last year. Thirty. Well, I'm gonna pick those, my team. Those Who? thirty are, are kind of skewed because the Defense didn't do jack to help him either. So, but let me tell you about this mojo I'm holding, fellas. To help his defense. When I when I I broke these back out, and Daniel, you can ask my wife. I'm not even making this up. I've had these. I used to rub them every game, and I broke them out for the first time this year during the Bucks game. I'm not even making that up. Oh, hey, hey. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me PG show, man. You can't be talking about pulling things out, rubbing them. Come on now. Anyways, I was rubbing these beads, and then they demolished Tampa Bay. And I brought them out tonight because I was rubbing them during my fantasy football game where I needed Allen Robinson and I get 13 points and it worked. So I say all that to say that these things are going to be used every Sunday and Jameis and Taysom are going to win every week while I do it. I got, I got news for you, man. If you're putting your faith and rubbing your beads, the Saints ain't winning that division, bro. You don't understand the mojo, baby. You don't know the New Orleans side of things. 
You're right. I, I don't clearly, and nor do I want to. Hold on, so. hold on. I'll go back to the Cameron James episode when you asked him um, about superstitions, and you said, great answer, because you believe in superstitions. So how are you going to knock me, bro? I'm going to knock you because you're not playing. Oh. Oh, okay. Mm. I'm, back in my, I'm back in my place. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. If you're if you were playing on the team and you were rubbing your your little beads all together, then go on and rub your beads. According to Randy, I used to play for the team because I always used to refer to the Saints as we, and he always used to ask me, "Are you on the team?" Uh, give me the Seahawks that. to win the NFC West. Seahawks, give them to me. Still believe in a Pete Carroll. Yeah, give me the Seahawks. I, I like I like them. Jim, finish this up. Who you got? Mm. Give me Arizona. Shocker. He's going to pick the, the flavor of the week. No, I'm looking at schedules and making educated picks. My fr- oh, you know what? You know what I love about this? Whoa, take that back, take that back, take that back. This dude talked about – this dude talked earlier. Like, right when we started, he's like, we ain't got time to break down and go through their schedule. And then ever since that comment, like, all he's done is go through everybody's schedule. Okay, hold on. Can I retract? I'm retracting. Hold on. I have to 100% retract. I did not see that the back-end games for Seattle were the Giants and the Jets consecutively. Okay, whoa, 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 I whoa. picked mine based on scheduling. Oh, there you go. All right, well, I'm with Seattle. I changed. Oh, man. It's, it's no fun when we all agree. In my original predictions, I had them as the number three seed winning their division, so whatever. Well, in a, in a few weeks, we're going we're gonna to break out those predictions and see where we're at. And, but we got to move on. We're going to talk college football uh, before we roll on out of here. Uh, recapping last week's games, Indiana still undefeated. Jim, are they the real deal, or have they not really played anybody? Well, the first question I'd have for you is, do they play Ohio State? Yeah. They're slated to play them this coming up weekend. All right. So, and I, I knew that answer. I just wanted you to answer for me. Then I will believe in them if they win that game. That's a tough barometer. Yeah. That's like saying in order to believe in Florida, which this is – I hate using Florida, but it's probably – Didn't we make a rule up last week? We don't... Yeah. In order to believe in Florida, they have to beat Alabama. Well, Florida's going to beat Alabama and Kyle Trask going to win the Heisman and Randy's going to hate me for life. Oh, Lord. Here we go. All right, we got to move on. Notre Dame beats Boston College. Randy, does Notre Dame, are they finally getting some traction? Are they getting some street cred? Or are they still the team that is, is eventually going to lose lose one? They're not going to lose until they get to the playoff. No, I take that back. They're going to lose when they get to the ACC championship against Clemson and Sunshine comes back and puts it on them. I think, I think you're right. I think that's going to be bulletin board material for him. Um, and I, I don't – when's the last time Clemson has lost two games to the same team? It's been a while. Yeah, and 
So let's say that happens. Let's say Clemson beats them in the ACC championship game. Would it be possible for both of those teams with one loss to be in the playoffs? They already – they've been saying it already. They're setting it up. So, Jim, I'll ask you, if in the event that that happens, and let's say they play each other for a third time, who wins that game? I mean, I think Clemson will win, but here's the problem. If Clemson beats Notre Dame, they'll fall back to the four, and then assuming that Alabama does win out, they're going to do what we would expect, and that's going to make for horrible TV. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, Florida ended up beating Arkansas. Jim, is is Florida narrowing the gap with Alabama? Yeah, I wasn't kidding a minute ago. I don't actually think they're going to beat them, but I think Florida is legit. I've been a believer in Kyle Trask this whole time. Yes, their defense isn't stellar, but I think they can hang up points with anybody. Um, and so I think that Florida-Alabama game could end up being the game of the year, no doubt. So Randy, Michigan lost to or Michigan lost again. Does Harbaugh make it through this season? Yeah. So is he the is he the head coach next season? Yes, yes he is because of a ten million dollar buyout. But it's the last year of his contract, correct? It is the only way. And there's a preface, and I don't think this will ever 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 happen i'm gonna go on the record this is this is getting recorded the only way you fire him is if you know you can get urban meyer and i don't think urban meyer would ever go to michigan man how how hated would he be i don't know i i feel like i said that on the podcast not too long ago you definitely said it in our group chat i just don't see it i think the only job that he'll take is texas or notre dame Ooh, man yeah, but the the one thing that I, I think he has to go, and I, I think Michigan's going to have to cut cut ties. I don't know who, if anybody, that they're still paying, but we just saw, and we talked about it earlier, about Will Muschamp making $25 million from two schools that he was fired from. And I, I said it once, I'll say it again, I will suck for significantly less money. So I'll put this on record. Any school that wants to just pay me to suck, I'll be there. I'll be there. Um, So looking at this week's games, Jim, you had you had Virginia Tech over Miami, but Miami came back in in the closing minutes of the game to to beat them. That drops your record to two and six. So who you got this week? All right, guys, I need a win. I'm not doing anything overly risky. I'm not going to pick a 30-point favorite. I could have picked Florida over Vanderbilt and just got this thing done. But, you know, Randy talks about death taxes and the Colts over the Titans. Um, I'm going to say death taxes and Ohio State over anybody in the Big Ten. So, give me Ohio State over Indiana. Okay. okay. What's that line? 20 and a half. (laughs) Would you take? Would you? Would you take that, dude? Me and you. If it wasn't for teams like Wisconsin, if it wasn't for teams like Wisconsin and Michigan blowing the force, 
Ohio State covered for me and you every single time, even when the spread was 35. I would not touch that against Indiana. I think that they're going to win, but I don't think it's going to be about 21. I think you got another L coming, Jim. I'm just saying. I didn't bet talking... spread. I bet the win. I bet them. Oh winning. no, we can't bet the win here. Come on, dude. I need a win, bro. Okay, okay. DB, so I... make a ruling here. We can't bet just so, straight up. Whatever win. team I pick so, has so to beat what the spread. The, what, uh, what are the things we got to definitely like fine tune in this this portion of what we do? Is is I don't think at any point we've picked. We've called it picking locks but at no point do i believe that the teams that we're picking were locks i think we're picking our underdogs that have a fighting chance for the week um, you know what all right daniel I, I found an underdog as i was scrolling that i want every bit of you ready i want appalachian state as a five and a half point dog going to coastal carolina you're gonna take app state over coastal yeah because all i can ever think back to is when they beat michigan the Chanticleers? Yeah. All right, well, you so wouldn't I'll... let me have the one I wanted. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. So, I'm going to take off Ohio State and give you App State over Coastal. Because Randy blew that up for me. Randy, I I picked Boston College over Notre Dame, which ended up being a loss for me last week. But this week, I'm going back to my roots the Fighting Fallwells. I'm taking Liberty over NC State. Wait, wait. Liberty's Liberty a favorite. Is, no, they're Liberty not. They're a three-and-a-half-point dog. I'm looking at it. Liberty is ranked, and NC State is not. So, I'm. I, this is why I bring this up. I ask you guys, is this a worthy pick for this? Oh, I think so. I, I think so, too. So, I'm going Fighting Fallwells over NC State. Randy, you chose Florida State to – Beat NC State, but NC State ended up beating up on them. So who you got this week? Your record's one and two right now. Hold on, hold on. Dispute, dispute. Go ahead, Randy. Dispute your case. You really, you know, I I got some hardcore text evidence that I picked some winners. And, you know, I didn't get the credit. I didn't get the credit. So we're going to move on. We're only doing picks that are on this podcast. Run the podcast back. Well, then, if I'm wrong. He picked two right in the same week. So the idea that he only has one win doesn't make sense. I I think it's, you know, that's okay. It's okay. Be a hater if you want. It's fine. (laughs) Well, you want two wins? Is that what you want? No, 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 no. I I don't want a gift of anything. All right. Ooh, man. I don't, I don't even want to do this, man. The one game that I picked out, I don't want to do it because Jim's on here. Mm, I don't want to do it. So we're only picking underdogs? Is that where we've, we've changed the rules now? Mm. What could he be talking about? Because LSU ain't playing, either, are they? Yeah, Arkansas. Oh, we're going to lose. I'm picking. That's That was my pick. Arkansas, it's, it's only a point I thought we were still half. under COVID. I didn't know. Shit. They got it Saturday at 11 o'clock. Give me Arkansas over LSU. Hmm. Mm. All right, there it is. All right, last call. Jim, what do you got? All right, for my last call, I got to give a shout-out to my son. He decided that he was going to write a letter to his principal 
about advocating for his class to be able to have gum as they are not allowed to have gum enter school at all. He is in third grade. And so he wrote this letter and he actually even gave terms of negotiation. Well, he delivered this letter to the principal himself and she delivered a letter back that says she will agree to these terms on one condition or excuse me, two conditions. So I say one, that it only be his class, but two, that he has to go around with a trash can himself and collect the trash from all of his classmates. And so I had to go check him out today because he had a dentist appointment. And so when I did, he had gotten this letter while he was in class and he went into the office, walked right by the lady at the, de the desk. She asked him where he was going. He marched right into the principal's office, sat down in front of her desk, extended out his hand and told her she had a deal. So my son, the future lawyer, getting it done. Man, that's, that's impressive. Randy, you know, we, I want to give a shout out to Miss Knight because I think we, we figured out where she's been. She's the, principal at, at, she's the principal at that, at that elementary school. Shout that's out. Such a class act move by that principal that only a Miss Knight could do. So shout out to Miss Knight. Uh, Randy, last call, man. James Harden, DB's favorite player, has officially turned down $50 million a year because he wants to be traded. Imagine turning down 50 mil, guys. My goodness gracious, James Harden. Unbelievable. You know how much traveling he could do with that? You know how many <laughs> shake jumps he could do? Boy. Strippers right. everywhere are very sad. Yeah, they are. They're like, oh, man, that's 50 mil. Uh, so for me, last call, and it's it's two things. I just want to give, give acknowledgement to Terrence Crawford, remaining undefeated big boxing match, a free boxing match on ESPN uh, against uh, Kell Brook. And it, it really – Kell Brook didn't put up much of a fight. Terrence Crawford gave him the old – two-piece, six-piece, ten-piece, twelve-piece, and it was over with in about four rounds. But um, it looks like Terrence Crawford, undefeated, is going to have a chance for a mega payday. And what they're saying is it's going to be Manny Pacquiao. And for the life of me is I don't understand how that's, how that's a good fight for him. I don't understand how a Pacquiao now is, is a mega card. So uh, just throwing it out there, you guys, you know, Randy, is it, is it just because the name Pacquiao can generate money? That's exactly it. And boxing, talk about cash grabs. The boxing is nothing but a big cash grab right now. And then finally, you know, I know, I think we, we were able to talk Jim into watching some golf this weekend in regards to just making some picks, but you know, great job with your pick, Randy. DJ um, finally, you know, wins the Masters. Um, but I, I do have to to ask you. You know, we we talked about this. The he is the number one ranked player in the world, but wasn't the favorite to win the tournament. So explain to me how that's even possible. How is the number one ranked player not the favorite to win a big, if not the biggest? uh major in the in the in the in the the tour 
Well, I mean, he had only won one major before the Masters, and he had never won the Masters, and it's just all about each course in golf. And, you know, it's really set up for a great iron player. Not that DJ's a bad iron player. Of course, he's number one player in the world. But it sets up for guys like Justin Thomas, which is why I had him as my other pick. So, I mean, easy, you know, number one, number two, number three, really those rankings are compiled on points and performances, and DJ is very consistent. But the Masters was something that he had never worn the green jacket until Sunday when Tiger slipped it on him. Shout out, DJ. Hey, if you guys, if you did watch it, you saw that moment with his brother, go read the story called Dumb and Dumber on DJ and his brother. Great story. Jim, did we miss anything? Yeah, you know, in a couple weeks, we got Jalil Willis, the realist, coming on. And he actually has a fight this Thursday, November 19th. You can catch him on YouTube with the Bellator prelim fights. So on YouTube TV, he is fighting a guy, hopefully I don't butcher his name, it's Leminger. And uh, looks like a dude who his nose looks straight right now, but by the time our boy Jalil is done with him, it might be crooked. He's the realist. North, north, raise your thumbs up. All right, man, moving on to new segments. Randy, we got your riches. What are you, you going to impart on us tonight? Flipping the script on everybody tonight. I got no stock advice for everybody tonight. I want to highlight stealing a page out of DB's playbook. I want to highlight, I have a friend of mine, Bobby White, who I've had the pleasure of working with on, when I was at Shelby County Schools. He was with an ASD district, does a lot of great work in the city of Memphis. His six-year-old son, Sam White, has gone viral with his video called ABC Song. Uh, the premise is you can be anything, and he goes through A for architect, B for biochemist. I mean, it's a great, great, great song. As B Michelle Obama shared it on Facebook, gave him a shout-out, gave a little narrative to it. Uh, as I looked, before we got on the podcast, it had 1.4 million views. Uh, he was featured on NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt tonight. He was on the Ellen Show last week, really making the rounds. So shout-out to Sam White. He go follow him on YouTube, IG, and Facebook at More with Sam. Really giving us the positive outlook we need, and that's it for Randy's Riches. Wow, well, that's incredible! I'm gonna definitely go check that out, uh, Jim. We brought up Miss Knight, so I know that gets you fired up. So are you ready to <laughs> blow that whistle? Yeah, but it ain't gonna be at her. You know, I watched two NFL games in their entirety. Sunday and it was the Bucks and the Panthers and it was the the Saints and the Niners and you know to tell you how much I'm really blowing the whistle on the refs one of them was in favor of my team and I still disagree with it but it was the same call in both games and this has been a conversation for however long now when you got a guy that is 300 plus pounds running speeds that are just unreal and they drive a quarterback to the ground either whether they just released it or even in the the case of Drew Brees in the Saints game he hadn't released it but Tom Brady got uh you know or excuse me uh Drew Brees got sacked and it was a clean sack they called rough in the passer then I forgot who made the play for the Bucks exactly but hit the quarterback nothing illegal about it um, ended up giving um, 
Carolina a new set of downs, and I believe they came away with a field goal because of it that they shouldn't have. And I just don't know. We watch these DBs. They can't hit anymore. These defensive linemen, they can't touch the quarterback. I mean, they can't just stop, man. It's, it's impossible. It's how a knee will get blown out. And so I understand trying to protect these players, but we're watching football. And the refs on both these calls, I think, got it wrong. Maybe it's not as egregious as some of the previous things I've talked about in a couple of weeks. But, man, let the guys play football. And in their case, don't blow that whistle. Man, yeah, I, I, I saw some of the frustration, you know, like two weeks ago, Dallas and Pittsburgh, there was a call. Um, this past week, you know, with the Bucks, there was a call. On the Saints game, there's a call. It's it's a hard job. Like, I get it. But with replay and with just the number of people that are on the field refing and watching, like, there's there's got to be a way to get better and get more consistent at these calls. Um, but guys, I want to I want to wrap us up with, with with a special story, something something amazing. Um, for those of you that don't know, there's a, a gentleman by the name Florida guy from Maitlands, right outside of Orlando, a guy named Chris Nickich, and he ran or he did an Ironman. And for those of you that don't know what an Ironman, it was a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride, and a 26.2 mile run. When he did this, he not only did all that, but he did it in 16 hours and 46 minutes, which is 16 minutes, you know, before the 17-hour time cap. And when he finished, he said, you know, I'm going to give my medal to my mom. So a, a class act. And what you guys might not realize about Chris is my man is the first Ironman athlete to have Down syndrome. So... Shout out to Chris Nickich, and that, my man, is what's up. So, guys, let's let's get up out of here. It's been a long night. It's been a good night. I want to thank Christian Salisbury, our man. We're looking forward to big things from you. We had a great time chatting with you and getting to hear your story. If you like these stories and you like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, your comments, your ratings, your feedback is always welcome. Check out our website, man. It is off the chain. Jim, another phenomenal job on your part being a producer. We'll see every, everyone next week for Episode 6. We're going to be talking Louisiana hockey with Ben Cope. This has been the End Off the Bench Podcast. As always, remember, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.